You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For many of us, one of the first signs of aging is presbyopia. In fact, the word comes from the Greek presbys, which means old person. Other than growing longer arms or keeping a pair of reading glasses in every room, are there other treatments available? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothills Psychiatry in Boise, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Gordon. Dr. Gordon is an ophthalmologist specializing in refractive surgery at the Gordon Binder Weiss Vision Institute in La Jolla, California. Over the years, Dr. Gordon has been involved in every aspect of refractive surgery, traveling the world to learn and teach the latest refractive surgery techniques. Dr. Gordon has performed thousands of LASIK procedures and is among the most experienced laser refractive surgeon in the world. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Leslie. Great to be here. Dr. Gordon, please tell us what presbyopia is. Well, as you just said, it really is vision of old age, but what it really refers to is loss of the ability to accommodate, which means change your focus from far to near. Okay, so that's where the longer arms come into play. You got it. And what causes it? Well, it's a natural aging phenomenon, just like you get wrinkles in your skin and you can't run as quickly. It's, you know, you can't read. Is there any way to prevent it? Nope. Now, what magnitude is the loss of accommodation that people have? Well, I mean, the amplitude of accommodation from the time you're very little, you can literally bring things up to, you know, the tip of your nose and read it to the point when you get to be, you know, 45 or 50 when your arms are too short. So, I mean, it's a considerable amount of loss of distance or, you know, a flexibility that you lose during the, over the course of time. Now, what happens if you start out myopic? Does that help you as you age? It doesn't help you, but you have an advantage in the sense that a myopic individual's distance focal point is somewhere up close. They're nearsighted. They can see close up. So when they get older, they just, people who are myopic, take their glasses off and they can read fine, but they take their glasses off and they can't see distance. Okay. So it just changes the focal point. Exactly. Okay. Now, what can be done for those of us with this old age eye? Well, I mean, the simple thing is to get a pair of bifocal glasses. If that doesn't do it, you know, you can certainly go to a bifocal contact lens or what we call a monovision contact lens in which one eye is corrected perfectly for distance, but the other eye has a little bit of myopia left in the correction. And when using both eyes together, it allows you to read and see distance. You can do the same thing, monovision, with laser surgery. So you can do a LASIK procedure to give somebody monovision, or you can do what we call conductive keratoplasty, or CK, which uses radio frequency energy to reshape the cornea. Or the last option would be to have an intraocular lens put in, meaning have cataract surgery or have the lens of your eye removed and a new lens put in that has the ability to see close and far. Okay, so a lot of options other than just getting glasses. Yeah, there are a lot of options now. Are there any new strategies? Well, the two newest would probably be conductive keratoplasty and intraocular lenses that correct both distance and near. Okay, so conductive keratoplasty, that's CK? Correct. Is that used for astigmatism? Well, it's an off-label use for astigmatism. It can correct astigmatism, but it's not an FDA-approved use of that procedure, although we can use it for that. Okay, so it's by the book just for presbyopia. Correct. Can it treat myopia? No. So what's the difference between CK and LASIK? Well, in LASIK, you're actually using an eczema laser 
to literally vaporize tissue from the cornea to reshape the front surface of the cornea to give it a new focusing power. In CK, you reshape the front surface of the cornea by actually applying radio frequency energy in the mid-periphery of the cornea, and it actually shrinks the collagen, and it's like putting a belt around the mid-periphery of the cornea. You cinch that belt, and it increases the curve in the center and gives you an increased focusing power and allows you to read. Now, do you do this on both eyes or just one eye? Usually only on one eye. It's a form of monovision. But the beauty of it is it gives you the best monovision, meaning it takes away the least from your distance vision to give you the most for your near vision. Is CK reversible? Not in the sense that you can do a CK procedure to reverse it, but you could do a laser procedure to reverse the effect of CK. So the answer is, yes, it is reversible. Okay. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Gordon. We are discussing strategies for treating presbyopia. Dr. Gordon, can CK or conductive keratoplasty be used to treat the over or under correction from LASIK? It can, but it can only be used to treat hyperopic or farsighted overcorrection. Can't be used to treat myopic overcorrection. And does CK last? That's a great question because it's somewhat controversial. Because we know that when you use the radio frequency energy to produce collagen shrinkage, you do get some relaxation over time. So you do lose a little bit of the effect, but there are some other things involved. As you get older, you become more presbyopic, so you know you need more CK or you need more of anything to overcome the continued loss of accommodation. And some people who are farsighted, we have what's called latent and manifest hyperopia, and more of the latent hyperopia becomes manifest. So it's a long-winded answer to say that frequently patients who have CK will come back in a year or two and have some more applications done. Because their eyes are continuing to change. That, absolutely. Given all this, who's the ideal patient for CK? The ideal patient for CK would be any individual who's reached the age where their arms are too short. They can't read anymore. So that's all of us, right? Well, pretty much. But the, uh, the difference here is they really don't need any prescription for distance. If you need some, say you're myopic but your arms are too short, the best way to do that would be LASIK with a monovision. If you're wearing glasses for distance and you can't read but you're farsighted, the best treatment for that would be a farsighted monovision correction. But if you just need reading glasses, the best treatment is CK. Okay, so you're starting off with normal vision and you just have developed age-related presbyopia. That's exactly right. And full disclosure, Dr. Gordon did my CK, so I'm living proof that it's a wonderful strategy. I haven't used reading glasses since I met you last summer. Now, what's the downside of the surgical correction for presbyopia? Well, I think the, very, the other very nice aspect of CK is almost there's no downside. It's the safest procedure we do in ophthalmology. There's almost no bad effects from CK other than it doesn't work meaning that you don't get the amount of correction that that given individual needs to read uh, or they get too much correction and you have to wind up going back and doing a laser procedure to fix that. But the reality is it has very little downside. Is there an age floor, an age minimum for people to have CK done? Not really. I mean, the reality is most people under the age of 35 or 40 don't have 
problems with reading. If they do, they're typically farsighted and are not good candidates for CK anyway. So at least among the friends in my circle, it seems like 40 is when this really, age 40 is when this really starts to happen. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, it happens right around 40. And some people, it can be 38, 39, and other, people's it can be, other people can be 45, but typically right around the age of 40. Now, when I had the procedure done, it seemed like it, it just took a few minutes for the actual procedure. Is, is that accurate? It's very accurate. I mean, it's a very quick procedure. It's typically an application of eight or 16 spots. And usually the actual surgery, other than getting everything lined up and marked, which, you know, takes a few minutes. The surgery itself only takes probably two to three minutes. And what kind of machine are you using? It's a CK machine. That's all it does. It only, it's a machine that's calibrated and meant to emit radio frequency energy, and it's, you know, that's all it does. How common is CK in this country? It's not as common as laser vision correction because primarily there aren't as many candidates for it. Because, you know, the, that one criteria of not needing anything for distance vision eliminates a lot of people. And a lot of people have, you know, a modest amount of astigmatism, which this is really not used for. So the candidates for CK are not as great, but it's a wonderful procedure. A rough estimation on cost? It's somewhere, depending on where you are in the country, Anywhere from 1500 to $2,000 per eye. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Gordon. We are discussing strategies for treating presbyopia. Now, when I was looking to have a surgeon do my CK, I actually had a hard time finding people. Is it still relatively a specialized procedure that most ophthalmologists aren't doing? I would say that's accurate. I think, you know, CK falls into a group of procedures called thermokeratoplasty, which was started back in the 70s with very little success. So the procedure, when it first came out, was tainted with this old history. And there were a lot of surgeons that said, I don't want to get involved because it's just going to be like the other ones and it's not going to work. Well, it's not like the other ones. It's a different mechanism of action. It's a different way of producing the effect in the cornea, even though it's a thermal effect. So a lot of surgeons just said, you know, I don't want to get involved. But it wound up being an excellent procedure and used, you know, we use it all the time. Mm-hmm. Are the benefits achieved right away after a patient has a procedure? Most people notice an effect pretty much the next day, but that effect continues to improve and increase over the next usually two weeks or so. And then it usually stabilizes somewhere around six to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And side effects? Initially, people find the eyes a little sore. You know, the day of surgery may tear a little bit. But other than that, and other than maybe some glare around lights at night, which is usually a temporary phenomenon, there's very few side effects. Sounds like you might be very busy, Dr. Gordon, performing more CK. Well, we hope so. It's a great procedure. Now, in terms of your typical day in surgery, how much LASIK do you do versus CK? Oh, it's very, very heavily weighted in the direction of laser surgery. And again, because they're very, you know, when you look at candidates for CK, it's probably, you know, 50 to 1 being a LASIK candidate versus a CK candidate. Okay. And, you know, it just seems like um, everybody's now heard of LASIK, but CK is still relatively unknown, certainly, I think, in the general population, but even amongst us physicians. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is 
it was the first and might still be the only procedure approved specifically for presbyopia. So specific for presbyopia, virtually no downside and not all that expensive. I I see no reason for people not to get it. It's a mystery why more people don't do it, honestly. Well, thanks so much for being on our show today. It's a pleasure. We've been discussing the latest strategy for treating presbyopia called CK, or conductive keratoplasty, with our guest, Dr. Michael Gordon. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening. This is Dr. Katrina Hedberg with the Oregon Public Health Division, and you are listening to the channel for medical professionals, ReachMD XM 157.